0: Which I take you on a tour through the last week in RotoViz podcasting. For those of you who don't know, RotoViz is a sports data and analytics site. We've got over a thousand articles per year, dozens of apps, and if you want to get access to all of that at a discount, go to rodoviz.com forward slash podcast for a 30% discount to the site. If you want to win your DFS lineups, if you want to win your season long leagues, make sure that is what you're doing. This week we've got a lot of great clips, the first of which comes to you from the Dynasty Tradecast breaking down the Josh Gordon trade. Let's get into it.
1: I believe Nathan made a tweet that this is, and I'm quoting here, the 14th buying window or selling window for Josh Gordon's, for the love of God, go out there and trade him.
2: I don't understand what's, I don't understand what's going on. It's like, he just like, he just got basically cut from a team. It's been five years. But, and it's like Twitter today was all roses. Yep. Like it was all optimism. There was no, I mean, there were a few naysayers in there that got pitchforked to death.
1: You, but it, it,
2: I didn't, I didn't throw out any tweets, <laughs> but it's just like, I mean, I get it. Like he's Uber talented, but man, we got such a big sample. Like we got to break up with this boyfriend, man. This is too many times.
1: I mean, okay. I'll just say I'm seeing on my timeline pretty regularly a 2019 first for gordon deal getting done and that going on the gordon side of the twitter poll go do it just get a first for him get out you don't need to be on this roller coaster he's bad for you girl is i guess what i'd say he's no good for
2: yeah, you yeah yeah and you to do better
1: get yourself a real man like jarvis lander right.
2: <laughs> and and you know what like that that 2019 first that's like a win like you that's saw a, a Houston, win like that's- you, he was,
1: he was literally worthless this like like a year that no no like four months ago he was, he was worthless
2: just take that settlement move on get get a new condo you know out by a the coast condo. or something you know start all over. right yes
1: okay so we're we're all of okay so we're all of the mindset that this is this is the appropriate play to happen there is I I feel like I've seen more pictures of Randy Moss in a Patriots uniform oh, today yeah. on Twitter than I've ever seen. There's like a non-zero chance that we're all wrong and he's actually Randy Moss. But you better believe that this report of him like showing up like groggy at camp and them cutting him because of it, he's going to have like a drug test delivered to his house like yesterday. The NFL is going to be like, mm, random drug test time for you, Josh Gordon.
3: All right. I'll just continue to not talk about Josh Gordon because I don't care about him. Um and I'll talk about Corey Coleman. Uh Russell, I, I think that this may be the week where I cut all my Corey Coleman shares.
2: This is the end, my friend. This Oh, is
1: this really that that point? I'm I don't know that I'm ready yet.
2: It's not the end, but it, it's it's to the point where He's on your roster, and you're just sad every time you look at him. And you're like, which is which is you know. why
3: I want to cut him. I don't want to see it anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but okay, what about
1: this? I mean, he's got name. He's got name recognition. He's still on the Patriots. You can probably no. He's not on it. the
3: Patriots. He got cut.
1: Oh, did he? Okay. Well, do 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 Breaking news for me. Uh, <laughs> in a corresponding move, they've cut Corey Coleman. Okay, then yeah. R.I.P. I'm sorry
2: and like you click on his name and you're like oh yeah 15th overall pick first rounder oh wow oh look at that athletic profile oh he's been cut three times in one off season all
1: right well let's let's go back in time two years ago right now and let's put ourselves in that mindset if i had got, if i go back in time and tell dynasty twitter that Corey coleman's going to be out of the league and josh gordon is still going to be a thing that people <laughs> he's still gonna be worth a first like i feel like it would explode it would
0: explode I want to talk about what would happen if Josh Gordon were to pan out in some sense with New England. If you look at his airyards.com, courtesy of Josh Hermsmeyer data, his career average depth of target is about 13.5, and although that could change as he moves to new scenery in New England as he's played all of his games as a Brown so far, players' airyards are something that are more intrinsic to the player than they are the player throwing to them, meaning that something like his airyards and his average depth of target could travel with him more than we think. Now looking at New England, their highest average depth of target players on anyone with more than double-digit targets are Chris Hogan at 16.8 and Rob Gronkowski at 12.7. It's easy to say that he would take over some sort of Gronk role, but we know that's not going to happen. It is more likely that Chris Hogan's deep ball role is mitigated somewhat by the presence of Josh Gordon. That's again, if he pans out, which like the trade cast guys said, isn't all that likely, but should he pan out? If you're a Chris Hogan owner you have to be the most worried. If you're a Tom Brady owner, on the other hand, you're excited about this. But if you have Chris Hogan coming off a two-touchdown game and you believe in Josh Gordon, if those, if that Venn diagram is you, then maybe this is your chance to sell. On the next clip, we've got Matt LaMarca and Anthony Amico breaking down what I thought was maybe one of the hardest games to deal with this week, both in DFS and in betting. Have a listen. All
4: right, Bills at Vikings. Bills finally getting the, uh, they may be absolutely terrible spread line here. <laughs> uh, Vikings minus 17. I, I, I mean, if this is the, I thought this is the spread we were going to get last week, you know, uh, 41 point total. I mean, Vikings have been really good. I feel like they've been at as advertised. What do you make of, uh, of the game here?
5: Yeah. You got to feel bad for the bills, man. They, uh, have not had any favors done to them at the start of the season, You know, opening up in Baltimore against the Ravens, then against the Chargers, and now against the Vikings. Those are three of the best units in football, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So really rough start for a team that, you know, is, is really lacking on the offensive side of the ball and looking for an identity. There haven't been a lot of underdogs of at least 17 points in the Bet Labs database, which goes back to 2003. Uh, but those underdogs are seven, six and one. So they are covering, you know, at an over 50% clip. Uh, I did think the Bills looked a little bit better last week with Josh Allen under center as opposed to Nathan, Me- uh, Peterman. Much of that didn't really start happening though until they were, you know, significant underdogs against the Chargers. They were down, you know, 21 nothing in that game in the blink of an eye. So, uh, I do think that this might be a couple of points too high. I will take the Bills, but there's no way in hell i would actually put any real money on them.
4: Yeah, you ju- you just can't, right? I mean, the Vikings have one of the best defenses in football. I think that's really what like exacerbates this is- this issue for me. Like last week when they played the Chargers, I was like, okay, Chargers are coming to the East Coast, the Chargers defense isn't really that good.
5: Right, no bosa.
4: No bosa, but like like these teams couldn't be more polar opposite, you know? Uh you know, the Vikings are plus 24 in uh, offensive DVOA versus Buffalo defensive DVOA and uh, the Bills offense is minus 25 in that same metric so a huge discrepancy in overall player talent Uh, we may not have Shady McCoy in this game Josh Allen is uh, probably as poor as we think he is and even if he was good we wouldn't know because of the the weapons Uh, so I, I I guess I'd take Vikings but like you said like I would like I I would just never bet a seventeen point game like never. I just can't. Bet.
5: I I even struggled to to look at those games in college where they're like routine like you get seventeen point spreads routinely in college football and they still make me feel uncomfortable. So there's no way I would do it in an NFL game.
4: Broncos at Ravens. Baltimore is a five point home favorite. Totals at forty three and a half. I feel like these are two uh you know laying the points brand teams. They play each other this week. What do you think?
5: They're definitely two of my teams. Uh, <laughs> neither of them made me look very smart last week, though. You know, the Ravens got trounced in Cincinnati. Like, that game really wasn't as close as the final score indicated. Cincinnati pretty thoroughly dominated them. And then the Broncos really struggled against Oakland. Needed a last-second field goal to put that game away. So, yeah, two teams that I, I still am high on, but not coming off very impressive showings. Uh, a couple of things that I'm taking into consideration, this is a West to East game. You know, the Ravens are an East Coast team playing at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Broncos are in the mountain time zone, not the Pacific, but hasn't made a huge difference. Mountain teams going East, 47-55-1 against the spread. So that's a negative 9.1% return on investment. And I still like the Ravens at home. They're historically 62-55-4 against the spread at home in our database Although that number has weakened a bit over the past few seasons, which is not surprising considering how much money they're paying Joe Flacco. Great stuff from them. Some of the sharpest guys
0: doing right now. And if you want to take their podcast and their advice and turn it into cash, do so at my bookie. My bookie is the industry leading website that hooks you up for all of your betting needs. And with their great odds, fast payouts and decades of expertise, you can bet with confidence. Your team doesn't even have to win. They just need to cover the spread or bet against them and you win no matter what. Because where you bet is just as important as what you're betting on. That's why I'm urging you to look at my bookie. I trust them, but don't even take my word for it. Just go check them out yourself. They have in-game live betting, a mobile site that makes wagering on the go easier than ever, and you can check out their online casino if you'd rather just play a few hands of blackjack or roll the dice and craps. And for fantasy guys, because I know that's who's listening to this podcast, the fantasy point props are a lot of fun. They're perfect for fantasy players. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit up to 100% bonus. Use promo code ROTOVIS to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. I bring you now to what may be the saddest story of the NFL season so far for fantasy players, the death of David Johnson. Here to break down what is going on with that and how you can benefit from it, or at least how you can come back from it. Matt Friedman, Dave Caven on the Road to His Flagship Show. Take it away.
6: The George Costanza Slackers of the Week as a reminder. The top three players with surprisingly poor performances. I think that we have to lead off this week with david johnson what is going on in arizona just 13 rushes 48 yards only two targets transmitting into three yards make sense of this for me matt because
3: i don't get it uh so i think there are multiple things going on uh mike Mike mccoy is probably not a good offensive coordinator uh evidenced by the fact that uh he sucked last year and was fired in the middle of the season but um more specifically They don't have a good quarterback, and so other teams are able to stack the box against the run. Um, I don't think they have that good of an offensive line, um, so that factors into this. I don't think they're using him well as a receiver. So in previous seasons, they lined him up um, more in the slot and more out wide. They just did more creative things with him. Um, This year, they're not really targeting him, uh, and they say they're going to change it moving forward, but I kind of doubt that. Um, it seems like if they knew that they needed to do that, they would have known that much sooner. Right. So, uh, I'm just a little dubious that this situation is actually going to improve a lot for him, but I still think he's a guy who's going to get the volume. Um, it's like, you know, relative to the other players on that team. I just think that entire offense is going to be depressed.
6: Right. So I think the challenge is, is that workload ever going to be able to get into a range that's going to support an RB1? It might not. I still think you're probably looking at a RB2 type of finish for Johnson unless they can start to uh, do something that's going to put him in positions where he can uh succeed like i'm not sure that moving him out as as a receiver is necessarily going to fix the problem i think you would have to address your issues at quarterback and start to find ways so that's not telegraphed you know so that there's still this good balance between him being a rusher and him being a receiving back and then maybe in the third level of his game lining up as a pure receiver. So we'll see as things unfold there. Unfortunately though it does seem very strongly that you can no longer view him as one of those top 3, top 4, maybe even top 5 fantasy backs.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. Although I do think um I don't think it can really get much worse for him than what we've seen. I think it yeah. could get better just in terms of like, you know, some sort of like inherent progression, but then also the switch to Rosen and maybe they do make some adjustments on offense. Like, I think he's actually someone I would try to trade low for if I could get him.
6: Yeah. That's probably not a bad idea. I think too. Um, you know, you're in a position likely with your team. If you're going to go ahead and do that where I don't think it's going to make or break your team that trade, because like you said, I think that we're kind of seeing the bottom of what you could expect to get from him.
0: In situations like this one, it can be difficult to figure out who to start, but with Fantasy Math, that decision becomes easy. With all of your who do I start decisions every week, FantasyMath.com is here to help with those big decisions. If you need to choose between player X and player Y, put your matchup into Fantasy Math and it will get those big calls for you, a player's variability. Whether they're the favorite, correlations across your matchup, Fantasy Math takes everything into account to help you make the right lineup call. It's matchup specific for every player. And right now, Rotoviz listeners get a season membership for just $20 by using the link rotoviz.fantasymath.com. Don't miss out, that's rotoviz.fantasymath.com. I really love fantasy math because it does take into consideration so many things that you just don't consider when you're in 10 leagues and you have to make start-sit decisions in each league, multiple plays every week, and it does all of that for you, taking everything into account and giving you the best possible outcomes. One more time, that is rotoviz.fantasymath.com. Our next and final clip comes to you courtesy of the High Stakes Diaries, where Peter Oversett and Pat Crane take you through their journey of owning a high-stakes fantasy football team. Here's the clip.
7: Yeah, I think um, Moncrief, for me, versus Cole, I, I definitely prefer Cole a lot more. Um, like you mentioned, that they're pretty even, and in, in Moncrief's actually le- leading. Um, just the stats there, Moncrief's got 19% of the target share. He's got 39% of the air yards, compared to 15% of the target share for Cole, and 23% of the air yards for Cole. So, yeah, Moncrief's been... Really involved. Um, but I think the play with Cole, like what we're betting on with Cole, is a, is on a breakout. So whereas I don't really feel like I just kind of have, have, am done holding out hope for Moncrief to have a true kind of career breakout. I think he's, he's okay. Uh, he's good in the red zone. Um, but Cole this past week had that beautiful catch, that one-handed grab on the oh, sideline. Man. Yeah. And then that really nice touchdown catch, you know, you kind of drop, uh, Fordal's kind of dropped it in the bread basket there for Cole. So you, it's like that type of stuff that makes me feel like, uh, Cole could emerge as, you know, in a two, in a true breakout scenario. I think that's what we're playing for with him. Um, rather than we're not trying to like scoop up Jacksonville wide receivers necessarily. Cause I, you know, not, this week was, was a big week for the passing offense, but Generally, that's not a passing offense we're really uh, dying to uh, have pieces of. So,
8: Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned it, and I think a, a lot of people were on Cole uh, going into the season, I think, the you know the the wet blanket was kind of how spread across that usage was between Westbrook, Moncrief, and Cole. But then you see the way Cole flashes and to go all uh, hashtag film grinder. But yeah, those are those are special plays. And again, it's not like you want to read into that too much. But it is a, an indicator to what he can do. And if he does ascend and become kind of the lead target hog, there he could be in for a massive year. And yeah. He just you get those kind of digs Antonio Brown vibes from him, this slot receiver guy with incredible hands that can also mix in the splash splash plays. He's uh he's very exciting and I have, you know, him right there along with Josh Gordon of those two kind of guys, uh wide receivers, just hoping one of them can break out in a big way.
7: That you know, I, I kind of poo-pooed Moncrief there, but I actually would be fine doing kind of a free swap with Moncrief. And Richardson as well just you know thinking about it a little more because it's sort of the same argument for Boyd in, cer- in terms of the opportunity Moncrief with that 39 percent share uh, of the air yards even that's even higher than Boyd's and it kind of just it would make sense a little bit as a protection on Cole compared to Richardson who were just sort of betting on on his own um, I like Richardson a bit more than Moncrief as a player but not that much more and we have more opportunity with Moncrief. So if we can switch him, switch Richardson out for free, uh, for Moncrief, I'd be cool with doing that.
8: Yeah, that uh, I'm not as on board with that one as I am with the Boyd uh, one, just because I think Boyd's role, um, and I feel like Boyd and Richardson have similar roles and less in their way. Whereas I, I guess the the tiebreaker is you know owning Cole and Moncrief, but. Um, Yeah, it's kind of a bummer we we let him go, but um, yeah, we'll have to think about that a little more. Um, I don't know if I'd want to do a one-for-one swap.
0: One thing I love about us here at Rotoviz is how analytics-based we are. Obviously, I wouldn't be talking to you, I wouldn't be writing for the site if that wasn't true. But just how grounded in in fact and reality we are because of that. And the thing I liked about that last clip was they did not compare the Keelan Cole catch to the Odell Beckham catch because it was not as good. Let's all be clear here. If you see someone compare it to the Odell Beckham catch, they're wrong. And if you disagree with that, you can catch me in these streets. Odell Beckham was in the middle of being taken to the ground on a defensive pass interference. He was His back was half bent as he rolled into the end zone. It was a score, it was a longer play, and he was on the receiving end of defensive pass interference, whereas Keelan Cole was standing straight up. The defender was not taking him to the ground, and Keelan Cole did not score and it wasn't as long of a play. It will be the best catch of this season, but comparing it to the Odell Beckham catch is absurd, and I won't have it. With that being said, it is certainly time to get this episode to a close. If you like what you're hearing here, go find more at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for a 30% discount to the site. Of course, check out Fantasy Math, and if you want to get in on the action betting, do so at my bookie. Thanks for listening. I will catch you next week.